0: you are the brave red pioneers of mars you do what we could not do you suffer so that others will
1: flourish always remember that obedience ...is the highest virtue.
0: Investigators are focusing in on terrorist group, the Sons of Aries... ...who's believed to be behind the bombing that claimed the lives of an entire mining crew and technician group yesterday. With winter well on the way, the drafters have a new favorite emerging. Darrow Al Andromedus and fellow house dranks, the Howlers, led a punishing assault on Pas Al telemonic in House Minerva today.
2: We'll break it all
0: down for you, coming up next... Use because you're more than a weapon. When your wife died, she didn't just give you a vendetta, she gave you her dream. You're its keeper. Welcome to Hail Reaper. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Hail Reaper. My name is Philip. I'm with my very good friend Jeremy. What is up? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And we got right. Tim on the mic. What up? Holding Whoa. down the ones and twos in the corner over there. It's <laughs> your boy. <laughs> exactly. And very special guest. Super, super excited to have him on. Like, no joke. It's Ben Reiner from HallerPod. What's up, man?
2: Hey, yo. Thanks, Thanks for it having gone.
0: me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. dude. This is like a such a like for us, it's like a true privilege. Like when we talked on Discord the other night, like when we got you on and it was the first time I've heard your voice talking to me and not just through a podcast, I kind of had a moment like it was like almost like, wow, it's Ben Reiner from Hallerpod It was kind of an experience. So, I'm
2: blushing over here, man. I'm blushing. Yeah,
0: you should be. So um, for those people that have not heard about HallerPod, which I think is probably like people that are listening to this right now why don't you go ahead and break down kind of what it is and how long you've been doing it and then just explain your show
2: yeah so howler pod started i think january 2019 um i co-host it along with uh the amazing aaron Ayers. shout out I to aaron cannot forget her she's amazing <laughs> um basically it is a book club like exclusively for red rising fans um, a lot of our episodes consist of rereads where we're reading through the books about five or six chapters at a time. We break them down, try to talk about themes, our favorite moments within those chapters. Um, but we also do interviews, um, and a big part of our uh, evolution as we've kind of kept going as a podcast is we've really tried to incorporate our listeners into the podcast. We often have um, like segments where listeners mail in questions to us or they can call in we have a voicemail so we really like to incorporate that where we get a good dialogue going with our listeners um most recently we've we've gotten through all the books now so we're waiting on (laughs) books yeah uh and so we started doing character studies where we do like one or two characters an episode and we really break them down and talk about their whole arc uh, this all sounds very serious, but trust me, we do not take ourselves seriously at all, uh, and we love to poke fun at our favorite characters and uh, kind of anything that happens in the book. We we like to make jokes.
0: You said that you had like you do interviews, and the reason I mm-hmm. found your show was because of a specific interview. Who was that?
2: We did an interview Pierce Brown uh, back when Dark Age came out. So. It was so
0: dope. It was such a good interview.
2: <laughs> it was. It was really fun. He's a great dude.
0: Yeah, it like the synergy and like just like the the whole vibe of that interview was super fun to listen to, and it was cool because it was like all the things I've seen with Pierce Brown on YouTube is like he's on a stage and he's just kind of like controlling the moment, and for you guys it was just like it was just a conversation of like people, and I just really appreciated that. It was just fun to listen to, and it was cool. So, and then I found you guys, and then uh, you know we started making our podcast. I turned Jeremy on to Pod and now Jeremy is a listener too so we uh and we like really are pumped to have you on today so absolutely yeah so and you know what we're talking about we're talking all about Cassius Albalona and you are the resident Cassius expert correct
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about expert definitely his his biggest champion for
0: there sure. you go <laughs> <laughs> well let's go ahead and let's kind of get going here in a second but I do want to take a quick moment to just basically for anyone that's not listened to our show before because I know that people that are fans of you are probably going to be listening to us for the first time. And so I want to kind of take a quick moment for those people that uh, are joining us for the first time. Thank you for listening. We're really appreciative of that. So Hail Reaper is essentially Darrow's journey. So what we're doing is we're on a trajectory to just kind of go through the whole story of of Darrow. And what we do in each episode is we talk about a specific character that uh, Darrow has a heavy interaction with, such as Eo or Dancer or Mickey, And we really find that Pierce Brown gives Daryl like really unique tools through the characters. And so that's what we talk about. So we basically talk about the character and a kind of of a character study, I guess. It's kind of more like just a fluid conversation about the character and what they offer to not only the story, but also what they offer to Daryl. And that's kind of how we crawl through our show. So just kind of a breakdown for that. And today we're doing Cassius and a character that's really different than all the characters we've talked about so far. And I would actually argue, like, I thought about this, Jimmy. I want to ask you, what does like, Cassius offer to the story? And I think what he offers, that sounds kind of cheesy, but he offers Darrow friendship. Like, that's what he really offers to the story. Because when you're going through, like, old Barlow and Uncle Nero and Kieran, all these guys just seem like, he thinks of them as chumps, like Darrow, rather than friends. And now we're getting, like, a real bond between him and someone else.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I- I think so. Um, I was actually thinking about this independently of, of you because we didn't have this discussion before. I'm curious what Ben thinks as well. But yeah. aside from friendship, um, he has this like, it's not an enemy, right? I don't want to call him an enemy, but he has this struggle and this strife, uh, this tension between the two characters. And it's actually kind of more prevalent than even Adrius. Mm. So it kind of, I think he's kind of an aid in, in adding tension to the story throughout the entire series.
0: Yeah. So, like, one thing I wanna talk about, and we're gonna to get to Ben more in a second, but one thing I wanna kind of like set a table for is like, yeah, he does offer him friendship, but Cassius is really unique in this sense. Io is the first character we talked about in our first episode, and obviously completely integral to the entire story. But she's from a different culture, different system. She's from like, she's from the minds of Lycos, and she has a specific thought. And that thought is that golds are oppressors and slavers, and we reds are due, and we need to essentially ascend. And take over and become free. And then Dancer is the next character we really encounter that plays a big role, and he shares that same culture, that same thought. And then Mickey is an agent of that. Even though he's a, even though he's a violet, he shares that same kind of ideology to a point, and then he also provides a service for the Sons of Aries for that red culture, for that red thought. And then we go ahead and we encounter Julian, who's sadly a victim of that same thing, He's a, of red culture, red thought. He's the first casualty of that overthrow, or that, you know, what we're getting to is a possible overthrow. And so we get to Cassius, and he's not a part of that at all. Like, he's very independent of all that. Like, he is just a gold, and doing gold things, functioning in a gold world. And for me, it kind of throws me to in a loop. Like, I didn't know what to think of him at first, because he's so radically different in character quality, but also in story quality to the other characters we've met so far. So for you, Jeremy, was that a hard thing to kind of like grapple with initially? No, it's it wasn't.
1: I, I could see how it could be hard to grapple with that, you know, getting into the story. But uh, I grew up in a, in a household um, where my mom exposed me to a lot of Shakespeare and to kind of Brit lit. So it was it was like Jane Austen all the time. Mercutio! <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of the same, right? It's like, I bite my lip at you, sir. Yeah. Or I bite my thumb at you, sir, rather. Mm. And um Either That sounds painful either way. Yeah, Yeah, but, uh, you know, this is kind of like... Well, not really, but it's a good comp is like Jane Austen with an explicit kind of label on it, maybe.
0: Yeah. So, Ben, I know, again, you are, like, you're the champion. You're the Cassius champion, so we're going to be (laughs) kicking... So now that we're getting rolling, we're going to kick it to you a lot. But, so what was your, like, kind of take on him, like, meeting him in the story? You were... You told me you were always, like, a day one lover of Cassius. Is that correct? True. Um,
2: I'm, like, I'm always drawn to a brash and cocky character i loved cassius challenging darrow it's kind of the first moments of darrow as a gold where he's like oh crap like i'm gonna have to deal with these people and he's really gonna have to think through his strategy i love a rogue i'm just a Mm -hmm. sucker for it so um and also when I'm in competition, I'm the guy that's talking trash, but that's also, <laughs> like, hurt as soon as somebody else starts talking trash to me. I feel like that's how Cassius is. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Wait, okay, so back up. What are you doing that you're talking trash on people? Like, what Like what arena is that happening in?
2: I was a youth basketball player. I played basketball yes, yes. Uh, from six years old until I played a year in college. Nice. Dude, no always way. Always talking trash.
0: Nice. Okay, but- cool. I needed yep. to know that. I had to know that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and do this now. We're getting, kind of getting into the heart of the podcast. And I want this to be just kind of like a real natural just conversation with the three of us. Even though, Ben, we can't see you, but we want to kind of just go full bore. So because I think that we all have maybe a different approach to Cassius in a way, I know I just told you guys mine where I, I feel like he's kind of almost a transient character that kind of like ebbs and flows to the story. But he's not always present, but he's sometimes present. And you guys are like... He's awesome because he's cocky and he's arrogant, and like I'm familiar with that kind of character.
1: We're Cassius fans. I I
0: I love Cassius, (laughs) I do, but at the same time, I just found him to be abrupt to the story, and I I was almost a little uncomfortable by him, to be honest. Like he kind of like he didn't rub me the wrong way. It's just how he was used in the story was um, uncomfortable for me initially, and so. But I want to talk about that just the big Cassius moment, like the moment that defines Cassius for us specifically in book one. So Ben, you're up first, like talk about like the big moment that you were like, this is what, how I identify Cassius in book one.
2: (laughs) I think my favorite Cassius moment, it involves, obviously involves Darrow. It's their race to like that cornucopia table um, out in front of house series where they get ambushed and the proctors are looking on. There's so many just great little moments into that, in that, Uh, race, Darrow has already killed Julian. This is the Uh, day after at uh. this point. And so... R.I.P. bro. (laughs) Yeah, he joins Cassius in the race not purely based on competition. It's because he knows what it's like to do something dumb after a loved one dies. Like, he says that. And he Mm. owes Cassius this companionship. So, it tells you a lot about Darrow in that moment. And then they get down there, they start fighting and you get this great foreshadowing about how great of a fighter Cassius is, how fast he is and yeah. specifically states that, um, and later on in the book, when they're actually having their one-on-one fight, he says that again, he's too fast for me, you know? And he, it's like, that's when he knows it's, it's over. Hmm. Um, and then he gets stabbed. And so, um, there's also just a great moment between the two of them. I love the chemistry that they have just immediately and uh, they can banter back and forth. Uh, They have that moment where they notice the trap is happening and they start whispering to each other what they should do while they're trying to act like they haven't figured it out yet. And uh, Cassius suggests to run and Daryl calls him a pixie and he just (laughs) smiles. (laughs) And they're like, okay, let's fight. And I just love that. And then they fight as one and they're like twirling around each other and blocking for each other. And it's just amazing. Also, we get an extremely righteous jumping roundhouse kick yeah, yeah. from Cassius. <laughs> like, what?
1: Is that, a, then, is that officially a, a cravat move? A jumping roundhouse? Yeah, I guess.
2: <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Apparently, he's Chuck Norris. I didn't mm-hmm. know that, but. I was I was uh, reminded of that today reading. That's funny. And uh, and then also, uh, iconically, Daryl gets his sing- sling blade in this mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, so, this is epic.
0: Yeah. I love the and accidental gets, nickname given, almost like yeah, it's and like gets
2: the name the reaper. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's like such coincidence, and it's like, but it's also like so foundational and so just like beautiful and cool at the same time. Yeah, Ben. I, I was it's telling totally
1: Philip. Um, I was telling Philip that you probably like this scene the most because uh, browns are your favorite color and they're, and they're setting the table. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you didn't mention that you actually mentioned
0: a lot better reasons. So uh, you're like oh, Brownie Brownerson over there. (laughs) I'm all about Brownie Brownerson. Just putting that roast turkey on the table, man. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, you brought way better points than I thought. (laughs) No, that dude, that's, That is legit one of my favorite scenes in in book one as well. Like I really like that because it's Jeremy and I have talked about this numerous times like off the podcast because this is the first time that we're talking about Cassius. But it's like that they're always in friendship, but they're always in rivalry. And like you can't really separate the two. And I just love like those moments that I don't know. It does. It does. It definitely feels like they're teammates, but they're kind of also like they're always like trying to one up each other. And I do like that character quality or those qualities they share and they're kind of. They actually say, "I'm going to jump ahead just a second, and like later, when they're in combat at a future po- a future moment, they Daryl mentions they are of one mind, like you just kind of mm-hmm. mentioned,
1: yeah. and that so yeah. that,
0: that moment doesn't stop. Like it's something they always have and they always keep together, and no matter how the distance grows between them, but they can come back and be like, it's like the best friend that like you know he moves to like Atlanta and we're from California and he like he comes back like three years later and you're like what's up and he like you guys pick up like right where you left off. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of like how I feel about Daron Cassius, especially like right now. And
2: I love what you said there about um, it's a friendship and a rivalry because you can kind of see that in this moment, they're having a great time together, but at the same time they're both like watching each other and like taking notes on the other person, you know? Uh
0: I love this. I I, I could talk (laughs) about this scene like probably for another 20 minutes, but I know that that we can't necessarily do that. And I want to give Jeremy that upp- the same opportunity. So you picked something super different for your like seminal Cassius moment, and it's like very stark and very dr- like drab compared to what we just talked I'm about. I'm excited to hear this. One. Yeah, I like
1: I like the um, the race because you know we are talking about Cassius as he relates to Darrow. So so Ben, I, I love the points you brought up about getting the Reaper moniker and and uh, you know all the other stuff you said. Um, I did go a different direction. I, I chose the moment where Cassius kills Titus. And I chose this moment because I see that this feud, right, that we talked about that tension and that feud and that rivalry. Um, And at points in this story, we're talking the grand scheme, you know, it does become uh, enemies. And, uh, you know, Darrow starts off with the lie about Julian and kind of builds this up and perpetuates that lie. And we talked about that last week on the Julian episode. And but here you have the point of no return, really, to me. And he actually, knowing that it's not actually true, that uh, that uh, Titus kills Julian, he allows uh, Cassius to actually murder another human being on behalf of, uh, of on behalf of Julian. The lie, the lie, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like when that is found out. I mean, Pierce Brown, I don't think actually says anything about that, but but I could just see the psychology of that. Like it's just part of all that wrapped in. It's like you you lied to me. Um, you just kept deceiving me throughout time with everything. And then you allowed me to kill someone.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Or like create like hostility towards another person that had nothing to do with Julian. Like that is the point of no return for sure. And right. like, and it's scary and it's really real. And when Jeremy told me that like last night, that's how he's going to talk about it. I know Ben, you're hearing it for the first time. I was like, <laughs> dude, I've never even thought of that. Like that's, that's like, yeah. that's nuts. What do you got to say about that? Turned-
2: ben? He almost turns Cassius into this killer because I don't think that Cassius really has like he doesn't want to murder people, but he needs to uphold his family honor, especially because he's so affected by the death of Julian. He thinks that because of the way gold culture is, this is what he has to do. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's almost like he's mad at Darrow because of that. Mm -hmm. And um, that just feeds into the situation when he does find out the truth and it just feeds into his hate even more mm-hmm. and allows him to get to that place where he can turn on his, you know, quote unquote brother at that point and stab him in the gut.
0: It's all subtext, but it all feels really like now that Jeremy brought that to light, it feels really like there, like really available mm-hmm. for us as readers. And like it creates, like it's again another layer of that, like really severe tension between the two once the secret is discovered. And even like the meetup.
2: Would Cass, like what I want to know is like, would Cassius be able to go there with Darrow if he hadn't already had to kill Titus? You know, if he doesn't, if this moment doesn't happen, does he even ever get to that point with Darrow where he wants to also kill him?
0: And one thing we haven't talked about is that moment is like super violent. Like he's just like, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like he's, it's probably one of the most gory depictions of a death in the book. Like, in, mm-hmm. if we're talking about book one, or it just, like, Cassius is just like, you killed Julian, just throwing mm-hmm. down the, the sword or stabbing him or whatever he's doing. But, I mean, people are having to leave or turn their eyes because it's so, like, graphic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think, Ben, to answer
1: your question, um, I don't think so. I, I think that the the friendship that they that they could have had, right, without this, I don't think they would be friends after it, right? I, I think Cassius, right. with his honor and, and with just how he was raised as a gold, I don't think that's possible, but... I certainly think that um they could have just walked away from each other
2: Mm-hmm. yeah oh i i totally agree i i'm not sure that he has enough built up within him for his first kill to be darrow in that moment
0: that's his first oh oh yeah you're right that's not his first it's because titus is his first yeah. technical yeah well wow, that'd be so real if it was his first quote-unquote kill that'd be crazy yeah Oh, my gosh. that this We could talk about this for a long time, too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, the psychology of, of it all. Okay. So you guys know what I'm going to pick, but um, we talked about it. We just c- pronounced it. Um, I haven't thought about this a lot. Like we, Jeremy and I just kind of bounced an idea off each other, but for me, the biggest moment in Cassius's kind of, like, totality of story, or book one or story one, whatever you want to call it, is the blood feud. Like, when Cassius issues the blood feud to Darrow, mm-hmm. and... I, the reason why i kind of wanna highlight it and why it's such a big deal to me is because it's so counter to everything that cassius was beforehand like you you kind of talk ben you talked to how you loved cassius cuz he's just kind of like he's vibrant he's like kind of he, he like mm-hmm. talks crap on people he's just like he's fun he's really <laughs> engaging and he's fun right. and he's he's prideful and joyful and he's all these things and i think we're going to talk about that even a little, bit, a little, a little bit about the quotes he has to say, you know. But, man, like when you're seeing him in that moment, you're coming down. It's such a wild ride. The last four chapters of this book are insane. So you're coming down from Olympus with Darrow, and he's descending on on House Mars, and he's coming down with full armor. And then we're meeting all these like essentially these like what looks like Auschwitz survivors, like uh, <laughs> like kids from House Mars, because like they're just battered. And so then we see, like, you know, one of the one of the interactions Daryl has is with Pollux. And he and then Pollux is like, hey, man, like, don't kill Cassius. That moment was, like, frightening for me because I didn't know that that was even on the table. Like, I didn't know Pierce Brown was even going to go, like, we're going to get rid of Cassius, like, right now. And by that point, I didn't know how I felt about him, but I didn't want him to be a possible death in book one. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a scary realization just by just the idea of the knowledge being kind of like revealed that this could be on the table right now. They could have a duel. And luckily we don't see that because Cassius's uh, character goes on to be a lot more. But so when you see him, like he's got, uh, I think it's described he has like fleas in his hair and he's just like, he's a mess. And he's sitting at kind of the big war room table. And, you know, Cassius asked Darrow, was it worth it? And then quickly Darrow says, yes. And then they, it's, it's, Cassius is super bitter because of it. I think that's his right, but oh, for sure. But at the same time, man, like that's just not the character. I use this phrase a lot when we talk about Red Rising because there's five books now, but that's not the character I grew up with. Even though it's in one book, <laughs> right? And it's like I didn't grow up with this Cassius, and to see him with fleas in his hair and just really like kind of wrecked, and then and then you're like thinking that the blood feud might be something different, like. Darrow says, I think he might hug me because he's walking around the table. And then instead, he takes off that scab. He sucks. Uh, I think that's what it is. He takes off the scab, he sucks blood, and he spits yep. blood in his face. And he says, if ever you are, if ever we draw breath in the same room, I am yours or you are mine. And that's where we kind of essentially, I know Cassius has referenced if, uh, like a chapter or so later in the book, um, but he's not. he doesn't really have a talking scene anymore. That's where we leave this character. And yeah, it,
2: he basically just watches... Darrow pledged to yes. his arch-rival house. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Which is super real. It's Golly. Yes. Think about this. Dude, Cassius <laughs> had the worst of it, man. Well,
1: you, Oh, yeah.
0: Another thing, like,
1: you, you talked about, was it worth it, you know? Yeah. And Darrow's motivations are so much more than what Cassius even can see. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to infiltrate the gold society. Cassius knows nothing about this. Cassius just knows that he got his face stomped by Darrow. Yeah. You know, and... And then suddenly, like, you know, Ben's saying, it, he goes to this this rival house, you know, and, and he kinda thought he was his brother, you know, that they come up together and that's just oh. not gonna happen anymore. And and like with everything veiled, I could just see how it just hurts all
0: the more. Anything you wanna yeah. add on that, Ben? Sorry for the awkward pause. Yeah. We were like kinda waiting for <laughs> you to no, jump yeah. in. We can't see you, so we're like, uh. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's why I was like I didn't
2: wanna over talk anybody. <laughs> no, like, you're good. Uh, you're the
0: guest. You talk as much as you want. <laughs>
2: I think a big part of this too uh, that we haven't touched on yet is the reason one of the big reasons Cassius feels the way he does and why he's in the state that he's in is his guilt over his actions towards Darrow, and he doubled he doubles down on that guilt in that moment. And you're just like, no, don't do it, buddy. You know, Mm -hmm. like you know that he he was pissed at Darrow, so he kill, he tries to kill him. And then he feels terrible about that decision, and it consumes him, and it really drives him to the edge. And then he sees Darrow rise from the ashes and win, and take his spot as the primus, the spot that he's supposed to yeah. have to bring honor to his house and avenge his brother's name. Yeah. And then, not only does he see that and he's jealous of it, but he also feels guilty about even attacking daryl in the first place and so both those conflicting feelings that moment i can't even imagine and and then he just decides to which is a very teenager type reaction and he just decides to double down on that anger and he says you know that's when he declares the blood feud
1: man there's like so much under the hood of this thing (laughs) right
2: he's so he's cornered in that moment he doesn't have another choice like, what other choice does Gold Society give him?
1: Mm. Uh, I,
0: I feel like we should have allotted, like, four hours for this episode. I know. like I'm, like, moving us through, and I'm like, oh, wait, should I be moving us through this? Like, should we, should we just, like, can oh, we, like, man. go on a YouTube live and, like, include a bunch of people and talk about this for, like, the next, like, three hours? Yeah,
1: this relationship's
0: intense. <laughs> we'll get Aaron. Pull Aaron. Go call, call her. Let's get her on the phone. Like, get her thoughts on this. Patreon episode three. Yeah, yeah exactly. It throw it in a Patreon. Well okay cool yeah sorry we're like queuing each other on this okay so I do I'm I don't want to que- <laughs> oh you can cut this out Tim if you want to but if not we can make it awkward for people um I think people would appreciate it yeah they're it's real yeah cool okay so one thing I want to talk about that I know we're going to come for the sake of moving on is this I, I told this to you guys already but I want to share and I want to get Ben's thoughts because I haven't heard his thoughts on this so in on uh July 29th I saw on the Red Rising Reddit, and it was I actually went back to the original post and found it to make sure I wasn't like just seeing things. But there was a, a company I believe it's called Virtual Experiences, and they basically, if you, especially during the pandemic, uh, there was like a lot of food banks in action, and you could donate uh, any amount of money, you could get on to get inside this special Q and A with Pierce Brown through the company uh, Virtual Experiences, and I was like, oh, sick! Like we get to watch P- Pierce Brown, maybe ask him some questions. And I was all about it, so um, it was at three o'clock our time in California. So Jeremy couldn't join me because he has a real job, and I don't. Um, and then I don't know what you were doing. You were probably just like being too cool for school, and I was not.
1: also working. No. Oh, I, you're like,
0: I've already talked to Pierce. That's lame. I don't need it. So I bet him. So I'm, I'm of the three of us, I'm the only one on this. But uh, it was only like 71 or 75 or something like that. It was in like in the uh, low to mid 70s and guests. And I'm assuming. That had to do with mostly the time of day, um, especially for West Coasters. But at the same time, there was one question that I thought was asked that was really cool and kind of like special almost. And I I stored it away knowing that we were gonna do this episode in a couple of months. And that question was: would Cassius and Darrow been able to remain friends had Julian or had Darrow like let him know, Cassius know that he killed Julian early on or in some sort of moment, before it got to the point of killing Titus, like we just talked about, or before even some other moment, like, would they be able to remain friends? And Pierce Brown, to his credit, like, actually thought about this. Like, he actually took a beat. And kind of, I think, I, if I recall, he like kind of even, like, looked up to the sky. Like, he was inside, but still. He looked up to the <laughs> sky, and he kind of took a breath, and he answered about five seconds later, and he said, no. Like, that would just not be possible. I think, Ben, you kind of just actually outlined it pretty well, but I want your thoughts on this in a second. Because mm-hmm. mostly, Gold Society would not allow Cassius to react that way. But also, the big the thing that Pierce mentioned is his age. Like, think about—they're late teenagers. They're, they're fiery. They, they don't have like this ability to think in this nuanced manner. Like, they only have one way of seeing it. Like, you killed my brother, and this is my option. So, Ben, what what is your kind of quick reaction to that? Knowing that no matter what, because this is now canon. Pierce spoke it into existence. Right. Like. Darrow and Cassius were always created to be enemies like what is your kind of as the resident Cassius expert and champion what is <laughs> what is your reaction to that I love it I mean I think that
2: is the natural destination for these two personalities um, I think when you were first introduced to Cassius you think he's kind of that stock bully obstacle type character um, that Daryl's just going to have to overcome and most likely overcome easily, uh, but he doesn't. And then there's also this level of depth with Cassius Tass- where he has, he's got so much humanity. Like he's faced with impossible choices at every turn mm-hmm. within the story. He's also completely pulled into solar system altering conflict that he doesn't even want to be a part of like he's just going to in- the institute yes. he's just a bologna that's like upholding his family name and he just wants to you know have a good title and probably hang out you know like he's a pretty chill guy overall For sure. but when he when he is forced into this moment he's going to step up to it cuz that's the type of character he is that's the type of person he is and I don't know, and i I love that his humanity comes out in the, in the face of that because the stuff tortures him. He doesn't have any easy decisions, and he kind of gets you know caught up in the whirlwind that is Darrow, and he's the casualty of it, but um, he makes himself he still stays true to himself throughout that. Uh, or tries his best to even though it tortures his soul in the process, and that's why i just i i don't know I empathize with him on that level,
1: man, all good points Pierce Brown really writes like such real characters, yeah it, right it's so amazing i mean my my thoughts on it like are are that for kind of the reasons we said earlier and and ben brought up, it's like you know they are young, you know like like Pierce pointed out and Cassius' reaction to the news of, of, you know, trying to off Darrow and the guilt from that and then kind of doubling down and the fact that Darrow deceives him so long and then allows kind of him to double down on that deception by by killing Titus. I mean, this is all things where had those not necessarily been the case, you know, they couldn't be friends. I get it, right? But but I don't think that you end up with the blood feud is all. Yeah. I, mm-hmm.
0: I think, like, one thing that we're, like, we're obviously pointing out right now is, like, Darrow is, like, a tornado, like, and mm-hmm. Cassius just kind of got stuck in that, and then like, he got, like, spin-cycled and spit out, and we never, like, cause, because we're experiencing the story through Darrow's lens, his POV, you don't get that crossfire of what Cassius is thinking or feeling. We can interject it, and we can also ha- add our subtext like we've been doing, but it's really interesting to, like, examine it and talk about it, and, like, like you said, Ben, like, this is, like, this is crazy for him. Like he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have these options, or he like he just has to be. Uh, <laughs> he's a victim of this tornado that is just like going through his life. It's killing his brother, and it's and it's making him making Cassie feel like he has to kill him, and then and and then it's exactly. also getting defeated by him. Like mm-hmm. it's funny because like I know that we have this might be an unpopular thing to say, but Darrow isn't always a hero, even though he's my favorite character in this story. But, like, he's not a hero to Cassius. And it's a character we I know all three of us care about. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's other moments where he be, kind of becomes the villain, but we don't maybe see it that way because we're just with him the whole time. But to other right. people, he is the villain, like, truly.
2: Cassius has this huge effect on Darrow in that he really... And I other characters have the same effect, like Rogue and stuff. They humanize gold to him. Like, he sees he kills Julian and he sees how that affects Cassius. Cassius spends a night sobbing yeah. to himself mm-hmm. all night long. Like, how could you not see the humanity in and that person, even though you're, you're, you hate them and they've oppressed you for your entire life. At the same time, you're like, that is a human being that's suffering. And I feel bad for that. And that's what I like about Daryl is he's capable of seeing that. Uh, but he's also like, I caused that, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's what complicates the story, especially Daryl's come up within the story, is that he has to have these relationships with these Golds, and I think Cassius is a perfect encapsulation of that, where he sees the humanity within this person, but he's also like, I've got to, you know, destroy this person's entire yeah. life. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what I really love about, like, you just you kind of highlighted, and I wanted to mention it. I know it's going back to your moment. Ben, like you talked about like the race is like your favorite kind of like mm-hmm. moment. Um, but I want to talk about like really quickly because you mentioned something like he that Cassius spends a whole night crying over the loss of his brother. And then mm-hmm. he meant and Daryl mentions that House Mars can kind of hear that. Like you no know, he can't really mm-hmm. hide it, you know? Yep. But the very next day is the day of that race scene where they that and Cassius is the issuer of that race. And yep. he can go through like it's just kind of a testament to the character and how like kind of awesome he is because he can go through like the most traumatic situation he's probably ever had in his life. And then 12 hours later, probably not even that he's like, Hey, Darryl, up for a race? And he's just back to this <laughs> playful, bouncy, right. prideful, jovial character that he's really fun. And so like, again, and then kind of going to back to the blood feud, my moment, it sucks that that gets completely zapped out of him entirely. Mm-hmm. And then when we pick up with him in book two, he's still that character to Darrow at least that that's been that life has been zapped out of him, yeah. and so it's just like a, it's like tough experience because Cassius really is the first I guess okay one one I'm going to throw this one down Uh-oh. he's the first emotional roller coaster of the book, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I wanted to throw that in there because I know that phrase is ridiculous but um, <laughs> let's go ahead and transition into our our favorite quotes we have three favorite quotes that are all Cassius, and we've uh, I've asked uh, the three of us, essentially, the two of them, I asked these guys to pick their favorite quote, and why it's their favorite quote. Jeremy's gonna read all three. Ben, I want you to pick your favorite quote first and react to it. Jeremy, you're yeah. second, I'll go third, so head it up, Jeremy. Read all three of these quotes.
1: Well, I do believe I am the lightning, and you, my brooding friend, are the thunder. I may have lost a brother here, that pain won't fade, but I feel like I've gained two more. And I mean that, lads. I gory well mean that. And then, we come as as princes to this school. I'm sorry. We come as princes, and this school is supposed to teach us to become beasts. But you came a beast.
0: What do you got, Ben?
2: I want to take this beast quote. Ooh, nice. (laughs) I love the fact that Cassius has Daryl pegs at that moment. He's one of the few characters Mustang also kind of has some pegs early on. Uh, There's a lot of characters that are like, kind of like, what's up with this dude? But Cassius for one sees him. He knows that there's something deeper going on. Rope does too. And it's just like the the characters that he gets closest to. I love that he uh, calls him that, that beast. And that's so perfectly uh said in that moment especially because darrow does have this giant <laughs> beast the of rage yeah. exactly and the fact that cassius is able to see that in him so early just so i don't, i don't know it shows like the kindred spirit nature of them but also i think it speaks to their rivalry as well it's like cassius is
1: weary of him you know
0: for sure is it, jeremy i want to kick it to you what do you got i'm gonna go with the second quote
1: about uh becoming brothers I think we've kind of covered it, uh, you know, last week's episode as well as this, and and just it, it just kind of just shows the softness of gold. I mean, the the supposition going in for Darrow was that, you know, this is an evil uh, structure and, and all golds need to die. And and he quickly learned that's not the case. Um, and it kind of further just illustrates what we've been talking about, how it's just kind of that build up to the betrayal.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to jump on that with you. I yeah. like the second quote a lot. And I think that when I'm just talking about my favorite quotes, um, I just like it. Like I don't know, I don't want to like go in and try to like so, like analyze it a whole lot. I just like the nature of it, I guess. So it's you Cassius. just cringe in that moment. Yes. When he says it? Yeah. Yes. So, but I like the nature of it from Cassius' standpoint because. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm being like really uh, exclusive to Cassius right now because as a reader, yeah, you're like, oh, like gross. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like this guy just killed your brother and he's not telling you. Uh, um, but, but like the idea is like Cassius is being so real and he's not been truly really that vulnerable up until this point. You knew it was there. You knew it was like kind yeah. of a quality that he had and he wanted to make available to Darrow and Roke, but he was kind of just like, and he showed it through action a little bit more but when he's like actually verbalizing actually saying it like you guys are my brothers and I I I love you like I love you and then it makes it all the more heartbreaking for all the reasons that we've talked about oh, man. but <laughs> I just love that Cassius has that ability to go there and um, as we see like gold like and they uh, like juxtaposed to the Severos and the Antonias and like all these other kids that are like cr- the Tituses these kids that are crazy you're getting mm-hmm. like two different pictures of what gold can be and what gold are, and Cassius really is modeling the best of gold. He even actually mentions, remember, like his parents like to pretend they're reformers, and like you know, and like so, yeah. It's not like totally out of the blue, but at the same time, it's just really, really exemplifying the best of gold, the best that humanity can offer, the shepherds, I guess, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I love that. I love that so offering he- the best that gold can offer. That's
0: like love in that moment yeah.
2: it's yes yeah, it's perfect um yeah and then the fact that he's uh able to be vulnerable like that that is just something that i appreciate about his character you can see that he has that within him he hates
0: to show it to people but when he does you know it's it's real for sure so i guess that will conclude unless you guys want to hop on again like you want to call aaron and get her like her cassius <laughs> um we're gonna go and wrap up there but i want to kick it to jeremy first uh do you have anything you want to close up on, man? Any Cassie's-related things or anything anything related?
1: Yeah, nothing Cassius for me, but I, I really want to thank Ben um, again for coming on, and, and not just for coming on, but his capacity within Howler Pod and the greater community. I mean, we shot you guys an email um, right before launch, and since then to now, it's been like absolutely nothing but hospitable. Um, yeah, we got such a warm welcome from the community, you guys have been extremely supportive um, on social media, you know, in coming on with us here. And it, it just means a lot to us. And, and we would never would have thought we would have gotten this warm a welcome. And it's just been amazing.
0: Oh, I was waiting for Ben to react to that. Like, thank oh. you so much. Like, you're so awesome. <laughs> He's like, screw <"Screaming."> you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, going to wait. Yeah, to you you're do a douchebag. So I'm, I'm out of here. I was going to
2: wait <laughs> No. Yeah,
0: no, it's funny, dude. He's like, keep going, just keep going. Yeah. Ben, Ben's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ben's like, you guys suck. I'm out. Um, no, uh, yeah, I actually want to say the same thing. Thanks, Ben. Like, it's been cool to, for like, what, the last three days, just to get to know you, like, just a little bit. Yes. And we just, like, got on Discord the other day and, and joked around, and it was really fun. And so, like, and I really, like, just appreciate what you guys, I like the idea, like, Haller Pod is not uh, Hail Reaper and vice versa. Like, we're presenting exactly. two different things. Yeah to the community, but we're, like, but we're sharing our excitement, and that's, like, the most important thing, so, and I'm just, like, super thankful you guys came along, and you guys have been doing this for a while, and again, like, it would be really easy for someone that's, like, uh, the new kids, and, like, hey, you're moving in on our territory, to be, like, get <laughs> get the crap out of here, but you've been, like, the opposite, so, uh, thanks, man, I really appreciate it. It was fun to do this. We'll actually, we're gonna do it again. I know, I don't know when, but we'll do it again. I
2: hope so, yeah. Thank you, guys. This has been... Awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing and I love your you know, your passion for Red Rising and your extremely legit podcast. I've been enjoying your episodes. So thank you. Um the fact that you're having me on is is really cool and uh, I appreciate your guys' support for Hallerpa. That's that's awesome and I'm extremely happy that there's another podcast out there because that just means, you know, this community is growing and that's really all we want. Like I just want more people to find out about Red Rising, so I have more people to talk to about Red Rising. And yeah, yeah, talking to you guys on Discord less the other night was just amazing. I got off and I was like, "Oh, that was like an hour and a half." <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah, yeah, it was
0: like meant to be like a twenty-minute, thirty-minute thing. And we're like, "Oh, hey, we'll just, just, we'll going. just chill." Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I love having. Uh, good people in my life like
0: that and cool. uh, I love what you guys are doing here so HallerPod you can find on all podcast platforms and you can oh! find it <laughs> it's uh <laughs> you're doing, you guys release on Fridays we release Friday, every Monday yeah. and you can find us also on uh, wherever you find podcasts so we'll see you guys soon see you next Monday until then hail Reaper hail Reaper hail Reaper. Ayo. see ya <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Pierce Brown for writing the beloved Red Rising series a special thanks to Tim, our engineer and sound designer. Check out his music on Spotify by looking for the link in our podcast description. And thanks to all our contributors who made this show possible. If you enjoy what you
1: hear, please take a moment to rate and review us on your respective podcast platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Reaper Pod, And you can email us at HailReaperPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please take a look on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash HailReaper. Until next time, for my co-host, Philip, I'm Jeremy. Thanks for listening.